Welcome to Guild Wars, a podcast dedicated to unearthing the deep lore of Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2. I am Joe Neustel, and between myself and my co-host, Tony, we have over 20 years of experience with the Guild Wars franchise and still manage to know very little. So, without further ado, here he is, Tyria's sweetheart, Melandru's dirty boy, Tony Melchor. Tony, how are you doing today? Tony? Oh yeah, that's right, it's just me today. Tony is feeling a little bit under the weather right now, so... I thought I would be here to uh, to tell you all a story. So, next week, we're going to be covering the fall of Ascalon, the faux fire, and the mysticism that uh, surrounds that whole ordeal. Today, I thought I would give you a little bit of insight to the prequel, the events that led up to the, the weakening of humanity that allowed the Char to take advantage in the Ascalon settlement. It's a rare occasion, one, where I get to explain a little bit about the third and final Guild War, a thing that is not really spoken about too much, considering the entire franchise is named after the Guild Wars. So, I'm going to tell you a story. A story about one of King Adelburn's most trusted companions, one of his personal guildmates, Ascalon's Chosen. Today I'm going to tell the story of the battle for Kylo. This is a story surrounding the lore for Guild Wars 1. The Battle for Kylo, Day 1. Year 1052 A.E. Mordecai placed his calloused hands on his daughter's cheek, then lifted her chin so he could look into her eyes. They were beautiful, golden brown, just like her mother's. Don't be sad, Devona. He smiled at her, trying his best to sound reassuring. I'll be back before you know it, I promise. Devona wrinkled up her nose and wiped a tear out of her eye. I know, Daddy, she said. She was always so brave, only five years old. But she already had the makings of a proud warrior. You mind your mother and keep some stew warm for me, he said, hefting his hammer. I have to meet the rest of my guild. Mordecai kissed his wife and his daughter goodbye, then lowered his head under the low brick archway and stepped through the door into the streets of Kylo. Shortly before sunrise, the scouts had reported that the zealots of Shiver Peak had mustered and were marching on Kylo. Mordecai stood beside the crimson and gold banners affixed to the poles atop the castle walls. The sturdy fabric snapped in the stiff breeze, and the crest of Ascalon's chosen, Mordecai's guild, shone proudly in the afternoon light. This had been the third time in as many days that the chosen had been called to defend the city. It was a huge responsibility, but also a tremendous honor. Only the strongest guild held the castle, only the best in the land. The first reports had mentioned only a small force 
But as the day wore on, they had heard word of a marching platoon of more than 50. Mordecai gripped his hammer as he thought about the number. Even with the ramparts and archers patrolling the crenellations, the guild was still in for a tough fight. Not everyone would live to see another dawn. A trumpet sounded from the watchtower. Mordecai raised his hands to his forehead to shade his eyes. In the distance, just on the horizon, a line of red dust rose into the air. There they are, said one of the archers on the wall. The other rangers standing nearby nodded their understanding, not taking their eyes off of the approaching red cloud. Let them come, said Mordecai. The big warrior spit on the ground. They will fall like all the rest. His words seemed to steal the men around him. Heading down the stairs, Mordecai stepped through the open portcullis and passed through the line of warriors assembled before the castle. In that short time, the zealots had transformed from a distant speck into a fully formed army. Mordecai could already make out the forest greens and ice blue of their guild banners. The big warrior thought back to that morning as he had said goodbye to Devona. He'd made a promise, and he intended to keep it. Donning his helmet, Mordecai took his place at the head of his team. This castle belongs to Ascalon's chosen, his voice boomed out, reaching all the men and women within a hundred yards. And it's going to stay that way, the battle for Kylo, day two. For great justice, Mordecai shouted, swinging his hammer toward another of his foes. The blow connected with the man's chest, knocking him to the ground. With the backswing, the mighty warrior crushed a second man's skull. With another powerful heave, Mordecai collapsed a third soldier's heavy chest plate, squeezing the life from the man inside. The clash of metal on metal and the screams of pain began to blend, filling the air with a dark melody of war. With each passing refrain, another of the invaders fell to Mordecai's wrath. There, before the castle, knee-deep in the dead, the warrior became lost in the rapture of battle. The lusty thrill of hand-to-hand -hand combat filled his veins, stealing his limbs, turning his muscles into hardened iron. He was the reaper of Ascalon, his hammer the scythe, his tarnished blood-covered armor, the flowing robes of death himself. With each breath he cut down the unworthy. With each swing he laid low the foes of King Adelburn. With each powerful stroke he cleansed the world of the tyrants who had come to his home to take which belonged to him and his guild. A shout went up from the zealots of the Shiver Peak. Another wave of warriors swarmed toward the front gates of the castle. Mordecai braced himself, timing his swing to connect with the first unlucky zealot to reach him. His blow came down hard, ringing out as it connected with the attacker's shield, then glancing away. Mordecai tried to bring his weapon back for another swing, but he was too slow. 
His attacker swung down with a razor-edged sword, slashing a huge gash in the warrior's arm. More zealots bore down on him. In an instant, he was cut off from the rest of his guildmates. An axe hit his leg. A hammer collided with the side of his helm. Spinning, disoriented, Mordecai gave ground, trying to regain his balance. He tried left, then right. Everywhere he went, there were blades barring his path, biting into his flesh. Surrounded, outnumbered ten to one, Mordecai went down on one knee. The world spun before his eyes. His hands covered in his own blood slipped from the hilt of his hammer. Then a loud thud echoed through his head as something heavy struck him from behind. In the next moment, the world went silent. Time seemed to stand still, and the big warrior fell backward, unable to hold himself up any longer. Mordecai! From the walkway atop the castle, Burian watched the warrior disappear under the assault of the nearly dozen zealots of the Shiver Peak. Stepping behind the protection of the crenellations, the monk closed his eyes, lowered his head, and began chanting a prayer to Duena. His words were smooth and mellifluous, a sharp contrast to the harsh clangs and screams below, lifting his hands into the air. Burian finished his prayer. Breathe life back into the fallen, the miracle of rebirth. A flash of blue-white light surrounded Mordecai, and his body disappeared from the ground. Mordecai coughed once, then opened his eyes. You really should be more careful, Burian smiled as he looked down at him. Mordecai pushed the monk aside and got to his feet. He'd been transported from the ground before the castle to the top of the crenellations by the monk's spell. I suppose I should say thank you, Burian nodded. That would be nice. Hammer in hand, the warrior headed down the steps to the portcullis guarding the front gate. He stopped, looking back up at the monk. Perhaps I'll save my gratitude for after the battle. A smile flashed across his lips. Keep me alive until then. I'll say whatever you want. The battle for Kylo. The final hour. The gate has been breached! Mordecai fell another zealot and turned around to see the eastern gate of the castle standing wide open. The passage to the east side of the fortress was narrower, harder to climb, and easier to defend from the castle walls. There had been men stationed there, but fewer than at the front gate. Now they all lay dead, overwhelmed by a huge war host. Mordecai lifted his hammer over his head. To the guild lord, he shouted, and he sprinted toward the open gate. The other elite guard followed the big warrior's lead. He is a big warrior. Just, in <laughs> Just inside the eastern gate, Mordecai stopped dead in his tracks. On the ground, his head twisted his eyes staring blankly into the sky as if he could see Balthazar himself lay Burian. His fine white clothes were turning red as they soaked up fresh blood from a wound in the man's chest. Mordecai knelt down beside the monk. There was nothing he could do. All of the strength in his arms, all of the skill he possessed, none of it could help his friend. The warrior took a deep breath. Never before had he felt so weak, so helpless, as he did right now.
They've killed the clerics, shouted an archer from the perch atop the wall. These words pulled Mordecai out of his trance. The zealots of the Shiver Peak were no fools. Once inside the castle, they had gone for the healers first. The other spellcasters would be next. Then, the guild lord. Mordecai gritted his teeth. With the monks and clerics gone, Ascalon's chosen had no more healing magic left. Their prayers to Duena would reach only deaf ears. Those who fell in battle now would not return. Getting to his feet, Mordecai took the stone steps two at a time, leaping to the top to be greeted by the vision of a swirling melee. The guild lord stood on a raised dais at the center of the castle, surrounded by more than a half dozen zealots. Smaller pockets of fighting littered the open courtyard. Mordecai waded in. A pair of zealots were attacking a chosen archer. Mordecai wound up and brought his hammer around in a flat arc, hitting the first zealot in the helm. The man flew sideways, his head colliding with the head of the other zealot, and the two of them crumpled in a heap. <laughs> the big warrior took two more steps and brought his hammer up, smashing another invader in the small of his back. The sound of bending metal and the snap of bone echoed off the stone walls of the castle, and another zealot fell to the ground. With his next stride, Mordecai reached the bottom of the steps of the dais and was instantly awash in a sea of forest green and ice blue, zealots of the Shiver Peak colors. A cry went up from the top of the dais. The guild lord had fallen. Mordecai bashed aside one zealot, then another, determined to make it to his lord. But the invaders held their ground, buoyed by their victory over the lord. They swarmed on Mordecai, pinning him in place on the steps. A spear pierced his stomach, and a jolt shot up his spine. It was as if his insides had suddenly ignited, and the pain moved through his body with the speed of a wind-blown flame. Every muscle seized tight, trying to push back the agony. Every pore tingled in the realization that he'd been mortally wounded. Mordecai staggered forward as the spear was pulled from his gut. He shuddered as it pierced his flesh once more. His head began to feel light, and the pain began to numb. His burning hatred for the zealots of the Shiver Peak dulled, and a warm sensation like a summer breeze on a sandy shore, took hold of him. His tired muscles felt relaxed, and the cares of defending the castle just simply slipped away. The big warrior, <laughs> the big warrior, hardly flinched when the spear punched through his armor a third time. As his body crashed to the ground, Mordecai's mind wandered. He thought back to the day he had left his wife and daughter to come defend the castle. He could see clearly Devona's face as she had kissed him goodbye. That seemed so long ago. Don't be sad, Devona, he said. I'll be back before you know it. I promise. His little girl smiled at him. I know, Daddy. The image of Devona faded, and Mordecai closed his eyes. I'll be back before you know it. The big warrior breathed his last sigh and collapsed completely on the stone. 
that is our tale for the day. A heavy one, a good one, depicts the gruesome nature of the Guild Wars, potentially rivaling the Crichton Civil War in way of brutality. And this is one of the events that brought Ascalon to its, to its knees before the time of the Char invasion. And at any rate, gives us a good insight into a time not often depicted in the lore of Guild Wars. If you want to get in touch with us, I will leave our socials in the show description. You can find it there. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you in Tyria.